Hello and welcome to another Owls 24-7 podcast. As always, it's your host, Shane Marinelli, um, and Kevin Fielder on uh, with us. Uh, tonight, though, we haven't done a ton of guests this season, but tonight, in honor of kind of this, uh, you know, big Conference USA East, I guess, you know, uh, kind of quasi these these kind of emerging quick emerging rivals, FU versus Marshall. We will have two guests on the podcast. Uh, first, just to kind of give you a little programming note. So the second half of the pod, we will be talking. We'll be getting more into the X's and O of this week itself. Okay, we'll be getting into that with Tom Bragg from Herd twenty four seven Sports. So we'll talk more X's and O's with. Um, him on you know what might happen in particular this Saturday but first uh just a kind of last minute thing you know with so much debate kind of in the Twitterverse and uh uh the entire Sunbelt Conference uh getting upset on something I said on the uh FU Owls Nest pod this week just kind of given my thoughts on where you know I kind of thought happened with conference realignment you know Shade Shade they're mad at you because you said they play Monday Night Football I meant to say Tuesday, Monday, whatever it is. It's, it's, the, it's the middle of the week where most people, you know, have to get up and play. You know, I, I just don't want to be a barstool, big cat um, parody gif like Maction. All right. So, but we can get into this and, you know, talk a little bit about kind of the overall picture with FAU and Marshall. We can, you know, kind of the Southern Miss, you know, just a week ago, uh, Patrick McGee at Southern Miss was, uh, trying to drag me as well. Um, and there's just, and just almost talk a little bit bigger picture, kind of the FAU Marshall rivalry um, and where it stands. Uh, Trace, just, you know, what is, introduce yourself and you can get, just kind of give your initial thoughts right off the bat here. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me on. Um, I'm on, which if you're a Conference USA fan, you probably have seen it from from time to time. The Moonshine Throwdown podcast, we talk about, you know, Marshall and Western Kentucky pretty equally. Um, I'm the Marshall co-host on there. So if you all want to check that out, if you haven't, be my guest. We'd appreciate the support. But, no, I mean, this this Marshall and FAU dynamic has been interesting, to, to say the least. I mean, you know, on the field, there's been some compelling games. You know, obviously, that that's the start. Of, of a potential rivalry or whatever, but, like, it has to start there. But, I mean, especially the social media side of things, I mean, I feel like if, 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 if this, you know, dynamic, if this rivalry was – if it wasn't in the modern times, like, with social media and Twitter and everything, it probably wouldn't be as big of a deal as it is in Conference USA, sir. But because, you know, social media and Twitter and everybody – you know, firing back and forth, it's really become a pretty, pretty prominent rivalry. I mean, I'm not going to remotely give it the moonshine throwdown level rivalry because that rivalry has has absolutely just taken off. And, you know, even with both those teams moving conferences, it seems like they still are trying to play each other, according to reports. But this is FAU and Marshall has been a good it has been a good series for sure. You know, we'll. I'm. Mean, I know we'll touch on more more of it here coming up. But it's it's been interesting. This game coming up should be very good. I think uh, all reports, or well, not reports, but all you know, everybody seems to think that it's going to be a close game. I I would agree. Um, it, it should be a. It'll be a big one in terms of the East Division. You know, supremacy and everything. So I'm looking forward to it. But 
yeah it's uh it's it's, it's interesting this whole thing is interesting to put it mildly <laughs> it's, it's and, interesting and, and i i just kind of i don't know if you saw just about an hour and i apologize i asked you how i wanted to introduce you and and i didn't do it um but trace no problem i just uh did that piece on just kind of overviewing the best three fau marshall games so today you know been trying to doing lots of research uh uh, you know, reliving some box scores of kind of even going back to, you know, the, the first matchup, which was super fun. The, the Rakeem yeah. Cato, where you guys came back, you know, and kicked the game winning field goal with, as time expired and, and, you know, just kind of some of the elements of this rivalry. And let's just first, like you said, on the field, I also think there's a, you know, the compelling thing I said, what a lot of players from Florida play for Marshall. I think, you know, on the field that matters, but, where I think a lot of this rivalry come from and trace, I don't need to explain this to me a little bit is and even, I was just kind of peeking at some Marshall message boards this week and you still see posters uh, multiple. It's not, you know, it's not the one or two fans, you know, every school has a couple crazy fans saying that Marshall, I mean, FAU doesn't even belong in FBS, right? Like, and I agree. I agree. <laughs> I think, I think um, uh, what what FAU fans have felt is ever since joining the league, that especially you know, we'll just call it like it is three schools: Louisiana Tech, Marshall, Southern Miss, have just been kind of no one is good enough of what we've done, right? And then kind of the opposite side of that is okay, what have you done recently? And what have you done recently to help the current league as it stands? A lot of people want to say, you know, the new American is Conference USA 3.0, but Conference USA 2.0 worked out for a lot of teams. And why do you think Marshall fans, despite FAU winning two conference titles games, despite, you know, the stadium, the facilities, and kind of the quick growth football program, look at FAU and say, no, you don't even belong on the field with us, which is the feeling a lot of Marshall fans give. Yeah, I mean, you make some valid points there. I mean, I, I remember last year when I was on one of the podcasts we did, and we, you know, we talked about it and everything, and tried to try to break it down. And I mean, the the fact of the matter is, is that a, a good portion of the Marshall fan base was around during the program's, you know, height, so to speak. You know, they were around during that time, and they just kind of automatically gravitate back towards that. And I mean, that's that's understandable. I mean, anytime you have the run that Marshall had, you know, 20 years ago. I mean, that's that's not going to be forgotten. I mean, but at the same time, you know, even though they haven't won many Conference USA titles in football, you know, all the one, but even though they have only won the one conference title, you know, there's no doubt that Marshall's it, – it, there's no doubt they're a premier Conference USA program. I mean, I don't think anybody would be foolish enough to think otherwise. I mean, they're – you know, even when they're not necessarily – a great football team. Like they're, they're always compelling. They always draw interest from, you know, whoever they're playing in the conference, you know, the reputation that Marshall has and the, you know, the history and everything. I mean, that, that resonates, especially with a lot of programs like FAU that are trying to make their way up the ranks, you know, now to say that they don't, you know, deserve to be in the FBS is pretty nuts, 
but I mean, it just, Oh, you should see my mentions, man. You should see my mentions. Shane, I do not think a single person wants to see what your mentions look like. Just for being honest. (laughs) No, I don't know. I mean, it's put it this way. Both M's. It's like, well, it's like I said to Jack last year too. It's not, you know, I, I said comparing Marshall's, start of a program and i know it's like whatever you, heck you all know how long marshall been playing football more than i do i don't even know the number of years they've been playing football but uh they you know it's not an apples to apples rise between marshall and fau the circumstances are dramatically different so it's not really fair to say you know well marshall's been around for 100 years and fau's been around for 20 it's not really that simple and like i and i you know i laid that out last year and like we all you know we both came to a pretty good understanding i feel like on that and like you know jacks he 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 puts on the good a good show on twitter but he knows he knows what he's talking about with marshall he's not he's not you know totally biased so it's it's a cool it's a cool little thing but it's it's not an apples apples thing but that's not i mean both programs or in pretty good shapes right now, obviously. So, so yeah. So Trace, Trace, real, real quick, Shane. My, my question here is: you mentioned this entire thing about like you know Marshall fans being at the height of the program, but like, why do they constantly downplay FAU's success when FAU has more conference championships in the conference two than than they do in twenty years of existence, in twenty one years of existence? Well, I think a lot of it's just you know if you're th- if you're threatened threatened by somebody you know you're going to try to downplay them. I mean, I, know, I mean even though Marshall fans and you know everybody will like to say the the record against FA, we don't. Even, I mean, that's a pretty obvious thing that they're going to mention, but they still know if they if they use a player. I mean, they're not go- these fans aren't going to pretend that they're not. Yeah, they're going to put on a good show, but they know FAU's a threat. You know, it, that's, there's no doubt about that. And just like, you know, FAU fans know Marshall a threat. It's the same. It's it's the same both ways. I mean, it's not – people can put on a facade, you know, all they want. But at the end of the day, they know it's going to be a tough game no matter if you're a Marshall fan or an FAU fan. I, and I think – and just kind of what I said last night, which, you know, was maybe the kind of the, the funnier, harsher, you know, uh, soundbite way of saying it, kind of with, you know, Marshall's move to the Sun Belt and FAU's move to the American, is I also just think – let's be real the priorities of the programs are very different as well uh and they see it you know i think the fan bases see it two very different ways marshall and how it works out long term in college football everything changes so much right right you kind of have this markets versus you know the the airport schools that are up and coming and have tons of money and Right. Versus, you know, the more traditional, smaller town schools that have, you know, more tradition and a little bit more of a sturdier fan base. Right. We we have 20 years of debates between the American and the Sun Belt, And, you know, in the end, you're just going to have runs with one conference where they're a little better and runs with the other conference where they're a little better. But I think FAU's fans are saying hey we're we're trying to move up right like you know FAU fan constantly compare themselves to UCF in kind of a good way love it yeah and you know FAU sees that path I mean heck FAU's athletic director um was his brothers or you know of UCF's former uh athletic director 
He's and, alluded to. He, he's alluded to the whole UCF thing. Yeah. Times. So, and I think FAU sees this, and you trace. I'm kind of speaking to any Marshall fans that might be listening to this podcast. Uh, sees this as kind of the road up, and you know, I hated the comparison that you know, uh, big markets don't work. UCF, Cincinnati, and Houston are all in a big market, right? You know, uh, the American didn't fail. SMU's there. Memphis is still there. You know, all these programs, this idea that airport programs, quote unquote, airport programs don't work is kind of crazy. But I do also understand that it's it's good to have programs like App State and a program like Coastal and Georgia Southern that all have a little bit more history in it as well. But it's it's hard to see schools get elevated from that um, conference, whether you agree or disagree. That's the way the big picture, the ESPNs of the world see things. And that's kind of the truth of the matter. Right? They're, they're going to go for those airport schools. Well, and it's like you said, I mean, certain programs that are in, you know, for, for instance, Marshall, that are, that are in areas that, you know, aren't necessarily the most, uh, the most energetic, you know, big time cities that, you know, capture the nation's eyes or anything. I mean, that Marshall has, that's what I said. I've said many, many times, there's not been many group of five programs ever that have out exceeded their budget and out exceeded their means as much as Marshall has. And like, I, I mean, I truly believe that um, I've, you know, that they, they just, they have, I would hundred percent de- agree with that too. I mean, they have a deep, yeah, I mean, they have a decent budget. It's decent. It's not – it's never going to be, you know, uh, if they can only get a quarter of what West Virginia University gets handed to them, then Marshall will be in a lot better shape, but they don't. So they've had to – they've had to work and scratch and claw for everything they've ever had. And, you know, that's not – that's not me trying to hype them up. That's just the fact. They just haven't had a whole lot given to them over the years. And, they, you know, they, they've made the most out of it. And, you know, I, and it, but to your point of talking about, you know, the Sun Belt moving there and teams are just kind of content with being there and content where they are. That's uh, that's not for being close enough to the program for Marshall. That's not what Marshall's doing. They have and the, over the last five to six years, they have absolutely crushed it as far as facilities. They have just as far as trying to raise the profile of the programs they possibly could have, in my opinion. I mean, they they didn't even have an indoor facility for the longest time. Now they have one that's absolutely just spectacular. They have a sports medicine facility. They have, I mean, they have so much that helps with recruiting. That's going to help raise the profile of the program. And I mean, they're talking, there's been a lot of push about trying to get a new basketball arena. I don't know if that's going to happen or if it'll happen anytime soon, but made a conceited effort raising their, excuse me, their profile. And, I don't think that's going to change. They're, you know, it, they're getting a new baseball stadium the next few years. Still, you know, still supposed to happen. So they they're trying as uh, as much as they can possibly try. Yeah, and I mean, I think you know some of that, and I think the the little bit of it is I think you know what in, what FAU is trying, you know, and when we look back at this version of the conference USA and, you know, going into it, it always felt like, you know, half the teams want to be there. Half the teams didn't want to be there. And it, it could have worked. I think if more people just embraced it. Right. Yeah. Uh, you know, and you know, you look back at it and let, let's look, let's look who's won the league 
the last six years. Uh, FAU and Western Kentucky um, have each won it. I, th- I think Western Kentucky twice, right? Did they win it twice? Uh, Brandon? Yes, they did. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So that that's you know that's four that's four teams that came from the Sun Belt that won it, and UAB who's won it twice, and that was a program that was dead for two years. So you know I I think you know when FAU fans kind of look at it, it's like you know, yeah we you know we came and joined this league and did what we were supposed to do, right? The football stadium, the the you know obviously the 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 new Schmidt Center hiring. A lot of people criticize Lane Kiffin at the hiring, but I mean, don't you want your programs doing that in your league, bringing attention to the league? And you got a lot. And Marshall's not so much because Marshall still had success on the field and they were still competitive. But you look at kind of the Southern Misses and Louisiana Techs who were, I mean, anywhere from bad to mediocre. And you just kind of hear the complaining from them. And it's like, okay, well, what have you done from the league? What have you done to raise the profile of the league? And, you know, there was even times where I, I know Marshall fans want to get rid of Doc Holliday. And I even it, earlier than they did and FAU fans here go, yeah, why don't you guys get rid of him, get higher, high profile coach, you know, elevate this league. And I, I think that was kind of some of the frustration. It was just, it seemed like the responsibility to ele- elevate the league was on the up and coming schools. And so, so Shane, if, if I may play devil's advocate here for Marshall and someone take a note here, because it'll be the only time I ever do this. Um, FAU in a lot of ways got lucky with the Lane Kiffin hire. I mean, like, yes, it was a great hire. It was a, a shrewd hire. It was, you know, it, it has proven to be one of the better hires in group of five history, but it was still in a lot of ways, a lucky hire, you know, a, a guy like Lane Kiffin who's coached at USC, who coached at Tennessee, who coached in the NFL, those guys, you know, high, hiring a high-profile coach like him doesn't come around often. Like getting the chance to hire Elaine Kiffin doesn't come around often. No, uh, but they, they took advantage of it, right? Um, and while well, you saw programs like Southern Miss you go through multiple coaches and Louisiana Tech and even Marshall to a degree kind of wallow with coaches that couldn't get them to the next level. I, for, I, for I also time, think right? you know, part of it, I think another part of it is when you're uh, FAU and you're in an area like Boca, uh, you know, let's be real right now, Boca's better than Huntington. I mean, that's just the reality of, of the area, you know, that's the, that's the reality of TV markets. I mean, like people, people are more drawn to FAU and Boca because of the area, you know, it, it takes a certain kind of coach and a special kind of coach in a lot of ways to, be willing to coach at a Marshall. Yeah. Um, and I, I think, you know, this, this debate will go on for a long time. I feel like it's not the end of it. Even when teams uh, separate leagues, right. They're just going to be, Tracy, you can agree with this. This is not going to be the end of it. These teams are going to be probably teams in the Sun Belt, and, you know, teams in the new American are going to stake their claim. And it's, it's going to be kind of, I think it'll be kind of fun because I think the two conferences really, are going to butt heads in more of a way, right? Oh, it's going to be a blast. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I I think there's definitely something that is missing here. It's like Conference USA is out of the way now in the middle, and now you're going to have a kind of a true P5 debate. But um, we do have to transition. Um, uh, Trace, thank you. Thank you for coming. Uh, You know, tell Marshall fans to be a little bit easier on me. Uh, Don't. Don't. (laughs) Don't. 
Don't. Uh, I love it. Even if I did, I don't know if it would work or not. Yeah. Uh, Tracy, real (laughs) quick. I know we didn't get to talk much about this week, uh, but what is your prediction for the game? Let's just get a quick prediction. Oh, gosh. I don't even think I've thought of one, to be honest. (laughs) Um, Now's your chance. I'm thinking, yeah, on the spot. Uh, You know, I was looking at the spread. It was like a one and a half for Marshall, I think. I don't know if it's changed or not, but I'm kind of thinking – I'm kind of thinking Marshall in the close game. I don't know. They just – they seem like they're starting to click better now. The last three weeks, you know, last two weeks, they've really been been impressive, albeit against, you know, a couple weaker opponents. But they've started to look like what they should have looked like against weaker opponents. So, I don't know. I think I, – I would say Marshall probably somewhere in the – in the maybe 31 to 20 range or something like that, maybe 27-24. I'm thinking a close game. Yeah, I'm, I'm ten and leaning on that as well. I mean, if you look at the history of these two programs, even last year when FAU was 20-point underdogs and, like, they played with three defensive line with COVID, that game was still a game in the fourth quarter. So You have no um, gut chance. Yeah, I, I, I think all of our hearts are going to – we're all going to age in this game, and it's just going to come <laughs> I down. I think so. Yeah, it, I, I, I just think it's going to come down to Nicosi or – Grant Wells, who makes the inter, you know, who throws that late interception or gets the call or something like that. And that's probably who's going to take this game. But Trace, thank you for coming on. Um, um, it's been a pleasure. Thank you for having me. I appreciate the chance to come on here and talk with you. All right. Yeah. For the uh, second half of this podcast, um, we're going to finally dive into a little bit more X's and O's football talk, talking about what's going on this week. We got my pal, uh, Tom Bragg, what heard 24-7. Just so him and I have been kind of doing this together a little bit. We reach out. I mean, he he started the the Marshall page just a couple of months before we got Al's uh, 247 going. So we've been kind of working on Conference USA uh, with that. And, you know, I, I know I've been, like, looking forward to this week. And I think... Tom, if, if, if I told you these were the team where the teams were probably going to be back in June, it wouldn't be a shock, right? You know, they're, they're, they're both, they're not perfect teams, but they're both very much in the thick of conference USA East in the winter this week. It looks to pretty much have a, a really good grip on, um, on, uh, you know, kind of, Clinching the division. Clinching the division. I, I think I'm, I haven't looked at FAU schedule the rest of the month, but Marshall's November lines up, man. This is just the first of, of a gauntlet this month. You're at FAU on Saturday, obviously. Then you go home to play UAB next week. Then you're at Charlotte. And then you close the season against a Western Kentucky team that, look, they're flawed, but those guys they're can fun. score. But they are fun. <laughs> they can score a ton of points. You don't want to get into a shootout with those guys so so yeah a a win on saturday would definitely put from the marshall perspective it it would put marshall in a really good spot but it's it's not a i wouldn't say that they've got a stranglehold on it there's still a lot of work to be done down the stretch here but it would be it would go a long way towards accomplishing that goal for marshall yeah fau still has a trip to uh bowling green the second last week of the year and a home game with Middle Tennessee, and as Marshall's seen this year, Middle Tennessee is kind of 
is they're a competitive. Feisty, right? Yeah, they're they're, they're, they're punchy. They you yeah. don't again you don't want to get into a rock a rock throwing contest with those guys because they throw some big rocks when they when they can get them up there. Yeah, so and especially with some of the inconsistency, you know, FU has they have put like a complete game together this year, so it's you know yeah, it, yeah. It, and it that must... that middle game for Marshall, look, it was a monsoon down there. They turned the ball over six times, and they were still an onside kick away from from having the ball with a chance to score and, and take the lead late. So, so yeah, not excuses for Marshall. They lost the game. They made they made a ton of mistakes, but that was just that was a weird game all around. Uh, Tom, this is what I wanted to ask you. Uh, and you mentioned six turnovers. And I think if, if you really had to tear everything open on what this game comes down to, and in, I was writing my three best FU Marshall games today. I don't know if you got a chance to look at that. I just posted it on Owls 24-7. Uh, it, there was a game in, 20, uh, in 2017 where Chase Linton threw four interceptions against FAU, and FAU came out with a tight victory. It feels like Grant Wells has those days and he tends to turn the ball over. And I I think that's what a lot of FAU fans are kind of looking at right now and saying, yeah, that's, that's an FAU secondary is very good and gets their hands on a lot of balls. Yeah. That's kind of been the, when, when it goes bad for Grant Wells, it's, it's pretty, pretty obvious and pretty upfront. He's, he's throwing the ball to the other team. He's not hanging on to the ball. But you look at the run that Marshall's been on after, you know, three-game losing streak, all three games by by one score. But the, the common thread is that Grant Wells was just turning the ball over an awful lot. I know Marshall had some fumbles in there too, but there was a point a couple weeks ago when Grant Wells was leading the country in interceptions and second place wasn't close. Now that's that's curbed in, on this three-game winning streak that Marshall's on now. No turnovers last week. No interceptions last week in, in the game against FIU. Uh, no no interceptions the week before in the uh, – I take that back. He threw one interception out at, at North Texas uh, prior to the bye week. But and this is something that Charles Huff has talked about all season long. If Marshall can cut down on the discipline things, and he doesn't mean – when he says discipline, he means – internal discipline are you committing penalties are you doing your job are you hanging on to the ball or are you doing what we need you to do put us in position to win the game when Marshall cuts down on those things this it, it's still not a perfect team but it's a really really good team and 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 we saw that I don't want to put too much stock in a uh in a beatdown of of FIU a lot of people have gotten a chance to, to kind of put a beat down on the Panthers this year get in line but, yeah but the but the things that have plagued Marshall when, when things have gone bad throughout the season, those were gone against FIU. It's kind of been a gradual process. They, they started cleaning that up some a few weeks back against Old Dominion, but that was just another weird, ugly game. Marshall came out with the win in overtime, and then they really pedaled to the floor. They really pounded North Texas and FIU, not the best teams in the league by, by any stretch, but it was a good chance for Marshall to kind of get right and, and kind of get that confidence back. And it'll be interesting to see how, how things uh, – play out on, on Saturday down in Boca because this will be the first, I don't want to say real challenge, but this will be the best team they've faced in in almost a month with kind of that momentum going. I'm curious to see if they can keep it rolling. Tom, I, I want to ask you this real quick. Uh, you know, Marshall's always been a team that's run the ball well. Uh, you know, I think w- when you look at what they did with Knox and then, you know, you have this red shirt freshman, Rasheen Ali, and, you know, it, I've only been able to watch a little bit of his, his game, so uh, – but it seems like he's putting together like actual NFL tape. He's putting together actual consistently really good tape. Uh, what has he kind of brought to this offense? Because it seems like he's super shifty, super fast, you know, and an athletic kind of running back. 
yeah, he's he's athletic. He's fast. He's not going to outrun the defense three and four times a game fast, but he, he's really good at finding the lane, hitting the hole and going. And, 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 and Marshall fans, they didn't necessarily expect this out, out of him in particular this early, but, but when Charles Huff came in, you know, he was the running backs coach at Alabama. He coached Najee Harris. He was the running backs coach at Penn state. He recruited and coached Saquon Barkley. This guy knows a thing or two about running backs and, and, you know, some of it's coach speak, but he has had glowing reviews of Rasheen Ali, since last spring when, when he first got here and they were, he was only seeing them, you know, in, uh, in, in t-shirts and shorts and, and working out and stuff. So, so uh, Huff maybe saw something that we weren't seeing. Some of that might be with the access that, that media is granted in Huntington, not being the <laughs> best, but, but, you know, he's had, he's had faith in this guy all along. Now we talked about the turnovers with Grant Wells. That's kind of was a thing for, for Ali early. He, he was just, putting the ball on the turf way too often. That's another thing on the, on this run Marshall's been on. He's really cleaned that up. It's, it was kind of going to be a running back by committee situation coming into the season. You mentioned Brendan Knox. Those are big shoes to fill in, in Huntington. He was really good for a long time here, but, and, and I don't want to say that, that Ali's there yet, but he's putting together a, a heck of a season. You mentioned kind of putting together NFL tape, Again, just a redshirt freshman. He's a redshirt freshman with with the asterisks, though. He the way Marshall has sort of classified their roster, everybody that was on the team last year, they just kind of shipped that over to this year. He was a redshirt freshman last year, also didn't get to, didn't get to play a whole lot. So he's a third season around, but but still, you know, first real chance at, at significant playing time. There weren't nobody was getting playing time behind Brendan Knox really before, and and he's really shined. He leads the country in rushing touchdowns. And, and they haven't all been super long, great runs. He's, he's snaked a lot of those from down inside the five-yard line. But, you know, w- when you need a couple yards, Marshall's got a, a, a mostly veteran offensive line and, and a really good running back, and that's a, that's a good thing to have. You get down in the red zone, you don't want to be coming away with field goals, especially down the stretch here with all of these important games coming up. So I, I know Marshall and, and Coach Huff, they really like what they have in Ali. He, he has the opportunity to certainly be special. I don't think he's there yet, but he has a lot of people in, in Huntington excited for, for what's to come in the future with him. Real and, quick, uh, just, just real quick, Shane. Uh, you know, this is just super quick, but I've, I've noticed something from last year. Uh, you know, it seems like last year the defensive backs and the, the, the defensive, uh, you know, the defensive backroom as a whole was playing really off coverage. You know, they, they weren't really getting into wide receivers' faces, but it seems like this year, uh, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, of course, but is there a little bit more press coverage, uh, you know, in, in Marshall's kind of wheelhouse this year as opposed to last year? Yeah, I, th- I think maybe a little bit more. I don't I don't know that it's been a, a concerted effort like we got to yeah, go I mean... get up. We got to go get <laughs> up in the uh, in, in the receivers faces. But, but you know, Stephen Gilmore, one of the best uh, uh, cornerbacks, excuse me, in the league. Marshall brought in a, a transfer from McNeese State guy by the name of Corey McCoy he's been pretty good at the, at the other corner he's had a couple of interceptions this year and he kind of came in knowing the system Marshall's defensive coordinator this year a guy you guys are familiar with Lance Gidry they had that connection from McNeese State so he kind of had a leg up in, in learning Gidry's system but but yeah Marshall's defensive secondary they a little bit maligned a little bit sloppy earlier in the year they were committing a lot of pass interference uh penalties at the the loss at App State there were oh gosh on one drive down in the red zone. I think there were three, maybe even four pass interference penalties just on that, that, that one drive, but, but, but it's kind of like all things that, that this Marshall team has had trouble with. They've really cleaned it up in the last couple of weeks. It'll be interesting to see if they can keep it up against FAU. I I just want a few words, Bragg. One thing that I am surprised to see, and then we'll get quick predictions is 
Marshall's run defense has been very poor this year. Aberration, or is that just is that just kind of what it is this year after losing some of those guys up front from last year? I, th- I think a little bit of both. I think the numbers are, are somewhat deceptive um, in, in that they're getting hit for big plays an awful lot. They're given, you know, if you look at the, the box score at the end, there's, there's big, big numbers in the, in the rushing yard categories for the other teams, but a lot of those have come on big chunk play. So that's something they've kind of cleaned up lately, but they have been susceptible to. All right, guys, let's get the predictions for this big game. We'll, we'll start with you, Kevin. We'll go Kevin, Tom, me, FAU, Marshall, FAU. What do you say, Kevin? Okay, so, uh, you know, I think this is the year that FAU can finally figure it out against Marshall because it seems like every single season they get that much closer to, to finally, you know, getting the, the monkey off their back per se. And, you know, every year they come up just short or, you know, they, they come up short again. Uh, but I think this year FAU has a team that's been playing really well the past few weeks. It's a team that has momentum. It's a team that's well coached, you know, and, and I think they have a quarterback that can make the plays necessary to win this football game. Uh, I think it's going to be a close one, but I have FAU winning 27 24. Tom? I, I, th- I, feel, I feel kind of the same way about, about Marshall. I think it's going to be a close game. I think Marshall has kind of found its groove both offensively and defensively. That's kind of the the nice thing about playing FIU in the schedule when they did. You got that get right game to figure out what what's good <laughs> against the Panthers as uh, as you guys are uh, certainly uh well acquainted with with that uh with that um with just beating up debacle. on FIU. Yeah, with 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 beating up on FIU. So you, you guys know a little bit about that. It's my but, favorite time of the year. But I think you know, the, the difference in this game is going to be Marshall's ability to get after the quarterback early and, and, and not just to get after the quarterback, but to be patient when they, when they get after the quarterback. That doesn't mean getting a sack or, or a hurry every time, but that means getting in those gaps, getting in those lanes and, and not forcing the, the, the second and third levels of the defense to have to make that choice. Well, do I have to chase this guy or do I stay back in coverage? I think Marshall can be pretty successful with that. And I think, you know, I think it's a close game. Maybe the herd gets one late. Let's say 35-24, Marshall. Okay. Uh, I, I think this comes down to two things. Uh, FAU's offense works when they can run the ball. It, you, you look at the games where they haven't been able to run the ball, UAB, right? UAB, I'll just say they have the best front in Conference USA. And they probably played the second best front in Conference USA last week in UTEP, right? And still managed to grind out uh, 28 points in that game. If Marshall right now's run defenses, you know, knew that I think dead last in Conference USA, or uh, it's near the bottom of the country. And when FEU can run the ball, everything else works. And we know Nikosi's success on play action. And I think, I think that will be the difference in the game. Uh, so, and also Grant Wells knack for throwing interceptions, right? FAU does get a lot of hands on the ball. I think it'll be very similar to that 2017 game. FAU gets a one win 31, 24. I think that's the first time you've ever predicted FAU to win a game on here. Uh, Shane. <laughs> I, I, again the, on, on the Marshall run defense I'll hop back in on that just just to reiterate uh, 
um, the grinded out approach hasn't really worked for people against Marshall where people have found success is the big play hitting those. Well, and that's 15, what Johnny 15, Ford 15, does. Yeah. 15, 15, I was just going off what you said there. You said, you know, uh, to get the run game going and kind of get that grind and that, that hasn't worked against more. That's not where people have found success against this team. I don't know that that would be different against FAU. Cause again, and I think we've talked about this, you know, all season long, looking for consistency out of either of these teams is is a fool's errand do you think you got it pinned down and say oh this is kind of kind of how things go and then the next week the script completely flips so so yeah it, it should be a fun one it typically is a fun one when these teams get together i'm, I'm looking forward to it on saturday tom 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 just to, just to kind of piggyback off what you said you, you said you mentioned the consistency thing and you know one week you think you have it figured out we thought we had it figured out last week for 55 minutes of the game, and we somehow yeah. allowed 10 points in a matter of two minutes. So we sometimes don't even need a whole week. We just need five minutes. Yeah, that. Uh, yeah, I mean, Marshall blew a 19-point lead against East Carolina in the fourth quarter and ended up losing. They blew a nine-point lead in the fourth <laughs> quarter at App State and ended up losing. Flipped the script the next week when they're at Middle Tennessee in that monsoon game I was talking about. They were down 14 points going into the fourth quarter. No, excuse me. They were down 21 points going into the fourth quarter. Come back and, you know, uh, one side kick that Marshall recovered. It was Rasheen Ali who recovered it, but he recovered it about nine and a half yards into the onside kick. So middle ended up getting it back and was able to ice the game. So, so yeah, I, I understand completely. This has been a, a weird <laughs> year for both of these teams, but, but something that, uh, that Shane said when, when I was first coming on is that this is about where we thought they would both be coming in maybe not the exact records that that uh that we would have predicted maybe not the not the exact path that that we would have predicted for either team but when the schedule came out and you look at that first weekend in november with with marshall at fau you kind of figured oh that's going to be a big game that's about the right time of year these teams will have started to to kind of figure out what they can do what they can't strengths weaknesses things like that and and, you know it'll just be another marshall fau game with a whole lot on the line like i said it, it it should be fun this game usually is a, is a lot of fun. Um, I have to get the dig in though that it's usually a lot more fun for people in Huntington with that seven and one all time <laughs> record against FAU. But but you mentioned that 2017 game. This you know this this FAU team it, it, it seems kind of similar to that. They they seem to get results in in a in a kind of similar way and and it's going to be fun. I'm I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, and, and just regard it with like the seven and one, and I know people have fun with that. But even kind of looking back, and I went through all the games today. You know, it's a seven and one, but the series, other than maybe a couple, not even outside of like the 2018 game, uh, and you know, outside of when FE was really bad, even a couple games in Huntington, um, they've all been really close for, you know, I even think I looked at to uh, a 2014 game, I believe, yeah, that was in Huntington. It would it would be on an even year where. Uh, Marshall was ranked at the time and they had the big running back. Now I just forgot his name. Devin, uh, Devin Johnson. He set De- the school record for rushing yards in that yeah, game. And, and it was, and it was tight still. It was a really it, good game. Yeah. It was tight until the fourth quarter and he busted, I think a couple long ones, but you know, Quest Johnson and Effie, you had him in that game and they, Effie was in that game. They were like two and six at the time. It, you know, it, it was a tight game for probably, you know, just over three quarters until Marshall kind of pulled away at the end. Even, you know, you look back at the first meeting, what I wrote about today. I mean, Marshall came in, Effie was 10 point underdogs at home and they have a 13 point lead, uh, you know, or they have a two score lead with five minutes to go. 
So you, this series, yes, the record's lopsided, but none of the play on the field has been. Lopsided. I mean, Shane, Shane, no, even look at even look at last year. Uh, you know, FAU like twenty five to like twenty seven guys out. A lot of them key starters and actual contributors, and they keep it close for most of the game. And you know, it's just that at some point the talent took over because FAU was missing so many guys. Yeah, just something, just something about these games, something about these teams. Uh, Shane, I saw your tweet earlier earlier today as as we record this on on Wednesday about Marshall having twenty players on its roster from Florida. That's kind of been the norm for Marshall. Gosh, going back yeah to the to the nineties when, when, when they were in one double A. They don't love you, but they love Florida. <laughs> they love those guys that play football down there. Yeah, and, and that was of course a. a, a a, a sort of trademark of the Doc Holiday era. He came in as a, as a big name on the Florida recruiting circuit. A lot of the, almost all of these guys were recruited by Doc, so not really surprised to see that much. But I, but I think that plays into it. There's always so many guys that, that not just on the roster, but guys that contribute, guys that play from Florida on this Marshall team. So they always really look forward to playing the Florida teams, especially when they get to go back uh, back home. Their friends, their family get to come out to the game, and they're playing against guys that they've been playing against since I almost said high school, but before that, you know, middle school, bitty ball. These guys, have, for for some of them, I'm sure, have been playing against each other since they were six or seven years old, and that always that's just fun. It, that's fun football for me when you get, when you're just an observer and get to watch it. Yeah, and, and I know it kills FAU fans to see someone like Corey Gamage who went to, you know, at Tyler yeah. Florida down here. Uh, he went to Delray Atlantic High School, which is, you know, a, a strong football program. Like 15 minutes away from FAU. Yeah. Like Sam, Sam Burton, a guy I wrote about today, he's yep. a uh, he's a reserve defensive end for Marshall, but but he's he's playing important snaps. He, he really helps with that depth along the defensive line. Boca Raton native. He went to, I'm um, blanking on the name of the high school. Spanish River. There it is. I, pl- I plotted it on Google Maps. It's four miles from yeah. FAU's campus. When, when I asked him, you know, what, what recruiting was like for him, he said, you know, FA, I went to camp at FAU and, and their coach stopped by the school a couple times, but, but they just, they never pulled the trigger on me. It's not something that he says he uses as motivation. I don't know how much I'm buying that, but, but all of these guys this week talked about how excited they are to get to go back home, play in front of friends and family uh, Willie Johnson, a receiver from, Oh, I'm, I'm not sure where he's from. He's definitely a Florida boy though. I don't think it's close to, to Boca, but, but he said he's still got 50 people, fans and friends. He's got 50 tickets committed to, to people coming in. He's going to have his own cheering section down there on Saturday. And, and like I said, that's kind of the way it's always been with Marshall with, with the Florida guys. And it makes for really fun games when you play those Florida teams down there. Yeah. Fun fact uh, for fans who don't know, Corey Gamage is actually related. He's cousins uh, with Jabari Hill will be enrolling at FAU in January. So, and then of course they both went to Atlantic high. So yeah, tons of those com- um, connections. It, it should be fun. Tom, you're going to be there. You're going to be in the press box. No, no, no. We don't. Uh, we're we're not oh, yeah. traveling. We're not, we're not traveling just yet. Uh, you got you guys are going to be there and be in the press box though. Kevin so. will. Uh, I will. Kevin, I will. Shane hates it. Our press box Shane right. hates it. Shane hates it. There we it. go. That's yeah. all. I'm, I'm 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 the I'm the opposite. I well, well, it's probably a little different down in Boca, but you get to this time of year up at, up in West Virginia. You got rain. You got wind. You got snow. You got all that crap, and it's just it's nice to have a nice comfortable air conditioned seat or climate controlled seat inside oh, with, with, amazing, a, with a big, it, with it, a big it, pane of glass, keeping all that rain and wind it, off. Yeah. I'll, I'll take that over the, over the stands this time of year, at least. It's supposed to be 76 on Saturday. So like the conditions will be perfect, which means it'll be 95, but yeah. <laughs> and when thunderstorm will be directly over the same, but Tom, it was great having you on. 
uh, thanks for, you know, both um, Marshall guests coming on today. It's obviously the, the conference game on the schedule. I know that FAU fans just circle at this point. Yep. And uh, Hey, do you guys think there's any possibility of this being the last one? I know there's been some, some, that's chatter, up to some, cha- some chatter around Huntington that Marshall might try to, uh, to dip out for the Sun Belt in 2022. I know that's probably not as likely on the other side with the, with the teams going to the American, but, but, you know, it, it, it's something that's certainly got to be a consideration as we, uh, we talk through these things that for Marshall, at least this could be a day, the last time they play a lot of these teams. Yeah. We're going to let the, if that is the case, we're going to let the FAU Twitter army use that as a run from us. Um, <laughs> that's, that's how we sold. Well, they, they better, they better hope they win on Saturday. Cause it's yes. hard to run from someone when you're eight and one yes. against them all time. I, I'm sure no matter the result, uh, the, 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 the Marshall FAU Twitterverse uh, around 9.45 on Saturday will be we'll have a blast. cool, calm, and collective, right? I think we can oh, all I'm agree sure, on that. Sure. I just, we, we need some sort of, like, big event to to combine the two, the vitriol from those two fan bases on Twitter at Central Florida. That was always the one that used to drive Marshall people crazy back in the day when they were both in Conference USA. It seems like... Uh, you guys would would be good allies to have in that fight. So I, I, so maybe when you, maybe that, maybe we, when maybe when you go to the American, we can team up on them sometime. We need maybe. a common enemy. That's all we need. Yeah. I I mean I, I want to say a fight. Other, you, other, other than how about how about Judy McLeod? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yes. <laughs> we are where we are. I'm going to plead the fifth on Judy. Uh, you know, FAU is in a better place than they were a month ago. So uh thanks thanks again tom i'm like i said you know i I know fans and media are definitely excited for this one and uh you know it it should be it like i said to trace it should be a game where we all lose a couple years of our life it 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 typically is guys thanks for having me on and uh we'll do this again i don't know maybe around basketball season we we can hop on and, and do this again Maybe like a bowl game in the future. Yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I saw a prediction today that Marshall was going to be in the Boca Bowl this year. So maybe we can uh, have oh, a Boca man. Bowl special for it. <laughs> All right, Al fans. Uh, thanks for uh, being with us on a little bit longer of an episode. Uh, but, you know, we figured it was just such a big week. Uh, Al fans, get out there this week. Ask 10 of your friends to go. This one's huge. This is the type of atmosphere you look for on saturday uh and again you know a just a big shout out to real quick kevin this week did a great interview with 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 the american uh that was awesome and if he gets a huge basketball commit which and then um yeah definitely go check out my story on uh the three best games fau uh first marshall that was a fun one to do um it was fun typing you know you know uh, Jonathan Wallace and Jay Warren combined for 155 yards rushing in a sentence. Yeah, it's, that was throwback for me. So. I don't think I was old enough, so. No, no, no. And you wouldn't want to relive that pain. But thanks again, Dow fans, and we will talk to you after the game.